Welcome to another Monkey Business Show. We have the man that everybody has been asking for. If you literally see all our comments, it's like, bring Groovy, bring Groovy, bring Groovy. Dude, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Right. How are you doing? Before we go on, just say his name one more time. Groovy? <laughs> okay. Groovy is not the right way. That's, Groovy. That's not the official way everyone that's should not the official pronounce way, it. Yeah. Uh, no? What is the official way? <laughs> no, that's cool. I've, I've heard a lot of different ways. Grubby. Is, Grubby. I, I like Groovy too. Groovy? Groovy. Okay. Groovy. I like it. I like it. Uh, how are you You're doing, guys? That's, that's cool. They've been asking uh, for that. Thanks. Oh, you too, you're taking the scene with Storm. I, I think uh, everybody's been really hyped seeing you play, seeing the journey. I guess a lot of people relate also, you know, like players joining Dota and like, even though you're good, there's so much, there's so much to it. The hypest people have been for uh, a low-level player watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I mean, I guess so too. It, uh, you know, at at first, a, a couple of months ago, I, I decided to start playing some different games. I wanted to play a little bit more, uh, yeah, different different games. Try this one, try that one. I mean, I tried Counter Strike. Let's play some Dota, and I didn't really think it's gonna grip me like this. How do you feel though, like in terms of like Warcraft transfer of of game and and I guess ability because while Warcraft is a lot, especially on like the very high level, it is a lot of a hero game and a lot of building like also character character up, not just the, I guess the macro side and, and everything that boosts characters. But I mean, I was watching a lot of your games during COVID when it just started. Uh, so all kinds of shit that I had, because I had left Warcraft 3 a long time ago. And then when I came back or like started watching some competitive, all this shit that I saw, I'd never, I'd never seen it before. I'd never thought of it. And, and yeah, the Blade Master harassed the Night Elf stuff, like, wow. I mean, I, I, f I feel like that has so much to it as well. I don't even know, like, I, I would say Warcraft is a much harder game to obviously master in terms of maybe a mechanical ritual. But yeah, how do you feel? Like, getting over to Dota, like how much of that transfers? You know, I always thought that, so I, I, I grew, well, I, I did most of my adult life playing Blizzard games. I didn't really look at many other games and I saw uh, things like Dota 2, World of Warcraft as like a distraction from the career. Mm. Like, sure, I had heard and I had seen Dota, Dota 1 picking up steam over the years, but generally I saw people leave to WoW and Dota and their level would would start to suck in WC3, in Melee, which mm. was for me, like I, di I didn't play for the money. So I see big prize pools in Painkiller, in Dota, I'm not gonna go switch for that. I was playing WC3 because I wanted to compete in WC3. I, I wanna play that game. So uh, every, everything else, like I, I, I tried a little bit of Dota 1, but I'm like, if something is too fun, I won't play it more because it will distract me. And if it's not fun enough, I won't play it more because it's not fun. That's the kind of discipline that I had about playing my main game, which I was a tournament player in. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was to such a point that I, I always felt that WC3 is the best game engine that was ever made. Not just because it was my favorite game, but because it spawned so many extra game genres. And how could that happen unless people liked something about the way things work under the hood? They must mm -hmm. have done something very right intentionally and unintentionally. 
And then Blizzard came out with FC2 afterwards, which is a much more sophisticated engine. It's smarter, units move better. And yet, as much as I love FC2, there's something missing under the hood because Mm -hmm. the AI is just too damn smart. For example, in StarCraft 1, when siege tanks see new targets, they come in range, 10 tanks can overfire on one unit. That makes the attacker need to send in a decoy and the defender maybe wants to siege his siege tanks in a staggered fashion so that the first units that die get blown up and then the tanks can shoot at other targets. But in SC2, the units are so smart that they have microseconds of different reaction time to new units and they know predictively not to overfire on a target. So they don't miss any attacks actually. They never do 10 shots on one body. So siege tanks became a lot smarter and more effective. And something about the entrenchment warfare got worse there because AI was smarter. That's yeah. one example of where I think like in WC3, you've got those body blocks and surrounds. And then in SC2, you don't have that anymore. And I always thought, I love that part. And to find that recaptured in the newly built engine, which apparently had a revamp as well in Dota 2, to feel those body blocks and the surrounds coming back in, for me, that, that's, that's magical and that's natural. It's instinctive. I love it. So I I played uh, Heroes of New Earth for a while after Warcraft 3. I was also biggest Warcraft 3 nerd. Uh, I played since I was nine years old till I think 13, 14. Grinded a lot of Dota 1, but also all the other games, a little bit of melee. Um, And I did the switch to one of those games like Heroes of New Earth, new MOBA, new engine, everything nice and smooth. And a lot of people who didn't like that game, also myself, I felt I missed exactly what you're saying. Like the Warcraft 3 engine has this really nice thing about turn rate that adds to a level of, of human warfare like you're i think you're saying too with starcraft uh even in dota when you put the ai versus humans humans can still have a chance too in in a sense because of the fog of war and and his way i think it's way like the potential of course of microing like 60 units perfectly uh just goes beyond anything we can do but yeah like work i i agree with you dota the reason why so many people also came to dota after these other mobas died is because of that clunkiness or whatever you want to call it like that turn rate the body block the units actually have a collision um yeah i i feel it too i mean for me it's the same same thing i think a lot of people have that and 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 that they built a new engine and then kept those elements every time i find a new uh, functionality in dota 2 that has kept that it's uh, it's amazing and then the client of dota 2 comes i know this sounds like an ad but i'm just like impressed <laughs> <laughs> gabe is like good job but uh the client has so many extra functionalities like the replay system uh mm-hmm. i've played blizzard games for so long and i love wc3 and sc2 but i start to realize how much more could have been done replay system reconnection system the 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 extras you guys have custom maps that i haven't even begun begun to dig into yet and the heroes are really cleverly designed very interesting uh quite complicated sometimes and yeah i, I love it oh uh, that's cool i'm see i'm hearing a lot of the same same things i had in my head uh when i also started i mean i had the same blizzard thing for a long time and when here's a new earth came I also was just impressed with like, oh, I can change my hotkeys. That was like the main thing I really <laughs> missed. Like I can actually change my hotkeys without having to install some add-on or like third-party program. Yeah, uh, yeah like the potential, I think, I, I never played Reforged. I saw my friends play, uh, they played the campaign and then the first quest, something was bugged and they also had one of the first hero's abilities had a wrong keybind. I feel like they really <laughs> dropped the ball on, yeah. on what could have been, you know, the really amazing 
melee strategy game, uh, having you know kept the elements and just upped it a bit. Like that's I think that's what Dota really tried to do. Also from Dota One, you know, like talking Warcraft, but also Dota One themes when they made uh, when they revamped Dota or like the Source Engine, they I, I think they focused a lot on it. So props when was to, that? When was it? Dota Seven, uh, Dota Source to release. 2015. Four years after, and they, they changed the engine. That's kind of a daring move. But it, would you, was it good? I think it was good. I think it was like a problem at first for both both Counter-Strike and Warcraft. They had some issues, but after smoothing it out, I don't know exactly all the reasons they had uh, they wanted to do it, but I think it was so they could have more to work with and an easier time working with, uh, with their engine. So I think over time, it became like much better overall, but we've been missing a spring cleaning in Dota also for a while. Dota always <laughs> is, I mean, it is such a weirdly deep mechanical game with so many heroes and so many things going on and with the eventual small patches, something is about to break also. And mm. sometimes it adds up and some of these bugs, they also stay in the game for a very long time. So they used to do something like once every year, two years called spring cleaning where, where they also just try and fix all the things that might be broken. Um, but yeah, Dota has yeah, I would say it's a bit overdue right now. It's a bit overdue. Okay. But still, I mean, I, I, I am impressed. I think the thing that has kept Dota alive, like now we're talking entirety of like Dota from the beginning, but also Dota 2, is the freshness of the game, is the quality of the game. It's not really because they manage the esports scene really well or because of uh, Dragon's Blood on Netflix. No, it's it's because the game is, it, it catches a lot of people's attention. Like I, I see the depth and the work that's put into it. I think it's a Amazing, amazing thing they pulled off. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't come here because of uh, Dragon's Blood, but because... <laughs> the, <laughs> I, mean, I thought you it did. It might be good. I, so disappointed. Could... <laughs> no, it's not that Wait, good. did you work on that? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Arcane. If you have to watch Arcane from League of Legends, Dude. Oh, that's amazing. No, but that's oh, the mistake that's I'm, That's the mistake I made. I watched Arcane first, and I was like, all right, let's watch another MOBA uh, anime. And I uh, watched it in the wrong order. <laughs> yep. I agree. Uh, so we're so, talking about Dota, no tail, mm -hmm. but it's also the first. So, sorry, Jamar, you want to? No, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. We're, we're talking about Dota, and uh, we're at a very different phase in our life playing Dota. For me, it's new, and you're like um, over the hill if you're competitive. But uh, we've never really talked, and uh, I, I don't know your story as well. I'd love to hear it actually. So you started Dota One, then you played Heroes of New Earth for a bit, went back to Dota. 2011 Dota 2 came out. How did you feel about that? What did you envision for yourself? Oof. I mean, I didn't envision this, and I didn't in general envision eSport. I mean, probably Dota 2's price pool, I mean, Valve's price pool for the first, uh, I mean, $1 million tournament. I think that made a lot of dreams happen for a lot of people, me included. Also gave a lot more... Um, a lot more things to tell your parents at my age and, and, and in my situation at the time. So... It, it, it definitely changed a lot, like at that moment. Um, but yeah, I, I played video games my whole life. I was really amazed with a lot of types of games. I played a lot of World of Warcraft, also sunk my life into that. Um, but Warcraft was my, my uh, Warcraft 3 was my jam for a while. Then Dota 1 was the ultimate jam. We used to go to Land Cafes and play 2v2, only mid for money. And we played like, and we get extra hours and we keep finding new people to play. Did that for a few years. Heroes of New Earth came out. 
And I, I was, yeah, like I said, I was really intrigued with the new engine. I just wanted keybinds. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to show like I was better than everyone else. I was like super motivated. Before this, I wasn't a competitive person, but then it started. And yeah, Dota 2, we, we, we were the best in Heroes on New Earth. We were owning everybody. We were sponsored by Fnatic also um, for a while. I mean, for years, actually, quite a while. And we did the switch. I think most of us looking at the prize pool, the game was also, Heroes of New Earth was kind of turning shit and Dota was new, exciting and had the people that were work, working on Dota 1 also with it. Or not, I think it was Ice Frog and maybe some others. But but he, he, I think it was the right choice to follow him because I think he has been the genius behind the, like the freshness of this game and how it's always remained like intriguing and with the complexity remaining really high but still changing, I don't think it's easy to pull off. But like the whole crew and 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 whoever led it, amazing job. Yeah, we get to Dota two with dreams and hopes, and we get smashed for years. We stay together as a team. You know, it, it was hard lessons. It was it was intense. It was cool guys. It was good friendship. Um, but it was also like a big learning experience for all of us. Like, how does this work? Competing in a group is is half the battle, and the other half is also how good you are at a game. Um, so I've always looked at StarCraft players, I've always looked at WarCraft players, I've always looked at chess players and thinking how this journey must have differed also from, from mine because in these couple of years, like it, I was very sacrificial. I started out as like a mid-player, core player in Heroes of New Earth. I was the shit. I had a huge ego. I was going to destroy the game. Just give me a good game. I went to Dota 2 and we really wanted to win and still my ego was very big, but I, I went like, I'll do anything I have to do. I'll play support. I'll switch my position. I'll be more sacrificial. I'll do whatever I have to do. And yeah, again, we, we got we got really destroyed for a lot of years. It wasn't until 2016, I think. So I switched 2012 and 2016, we had our first win. And it was with some of the same people, um, but still a new group um, from, from where I started. But yeah, after that, it's there's a lot more. I don't know if you can hear the dog. He's going crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. Is that your second. dog? No, it's, it's a guy that lives here at the house. Uh, one moment. Maybe I should have left it unmuted. Uh, no, but... It's gonna get cut anyway. <laughs> I'm curious what you said now. <laughs> I just told him to shut up. No, no. The the journey was, was like really rough until then. And the I, question, I, no tell. How did you dare to believe that you could be the best after... This may seem a little... After not being close to four years like wh why do you dare to continue dreaming i mean it got really close before we won like in 2016 after ti ti everything in dota revolves around ti everything in dota kind of gets decided for ti all the roster changes that happen in between ti and ti is basically for ti it's all yeah. about that and yeah after losing in uh, 2015 like i got so close to quitting and I was I was down the dumpster. I had the worst experience with a the team. They destroyed my soul. It was like the most toxic team in the history of any competitive team sport. I dare to say it. I would measure, you know, like, but yeah. Um, Blame each other during the game, after the game. But yeah, yeah, like a crazy time. Um, anyways, we had, we had the success after making this team. Then we still lost TI for two more years and shit went down again. Another big roster shuffle. I was not close to quitting, but it was definitely the moment where everybody probably had in their mind because basically the team got kind of torn apart a couple of weeks before TI and our whole 
life have been put into this, you know? I'm not talking 2017 to 2018. No, no, no. I'm talking like from the moment we switched to Dota 2, from the moment, maybe even before, like the career, we all worked for this fucking moment and it got torn apart. And then we had to remake a team again with uh, with two new players. Um, yeah, it was like two brand new, like uh, I would say one brand new player and then one old teammate that we had before that we hadn't played with for a while, blah, blah, blah. There was some history there, but yeah, then we then we end up winning the first CI 2018. And that's, I guess, the highlight, the main highlight. Yeah. But uh, don't give up on your dreams, I guess. Like it's <laughs> sometimes it gets, shit gets really intense, shit gets really hard. I also wouldn't have had any regrets. Like no matter what, I wouldn't have had any regrets. Even if you don't make it, as in, don't, because still to this day, you don't get everything that you want in life, you know? And until yeah. 2018, I hadn't gotten many of the things I wanted in life. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a bitch, but sometimes it's, it's amazing. So as a third party, the story of Johan, you just heard like a very, very humble version of, of this, you know? There is a lot more ups and downs, obviously, dramatic ups and downs in the middle. And there is a documentary called Against the Odds. I don't know if you've ever seen it, that they made with, with yes, uh, I've seen, Red Bull. I've seen it. So the story of how the roster ensembles last moment and how he brought the, the coach, you know, which is Seb, which is the other half. It's a beautiful story. And from an exterior point of view, I think that the beautiful part, please Johan, correct me, is that this catalyst moment, this moment was unique for all of them at the same time, you know, something special happened for all of them. I think so. I mean, it was a very, a lot of people, they, they were inspired by it too, which I think is amazing. Uh, and for me, it was also as inspirational, like on the inside, it was truly a spiritual journey. It was truly like a, like a, a test of character, uh, for, I think for all of us, like we all had to step up. We all had to be very good human beings. We all had to be very good to each other. We all had to be very kind, very giving, very self-sacrificial, and we were not going to get anything without doing that. And it was the most amazing thing to see five people do it. So it's, again, like going into team sports, going into single player sports, like I do think a lot of the times it's an, it's frustrating, it's not rewarding and it's it's super bad. But at these moments, when you do find the right group of people you want to do a project with, wow, like I've dreamt of that moment. Like I, I, I don't think I had it until 2018, you know, like a full group where everybody knew their role, everybody was ready to give it what they had to give it. Poof. I don't think it happens often. At least I can say it was very hard to 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 get there for for me. Oh, I, I can I can imagine uh, no too because I've been in a couple of teams and not I've I've not had to work towards a goal like TI with a team. And I've been in in casual friends teams and, and and pro teams, and I know exactly what you're saying when you say you should be kind to each other because you are gonna remember when your teammate slacks you off for, for messing up and that's going to create distrust and it's going to make you self doubt and second guess. And you're, I mean, people are sensitive. You're working together more closely than you'll ever work with your family. Generally speaking, like you'll spend more yep. time with them. You spend yep. more time with them than with your colleagues at normal, uh, normal gigs. So yeah, I, I can imagine it's, it's cool that you found that and that it came together in 2018. <sighs> Yeah, I'm happy it did. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm very happy it did. But yeah, it's even if it didn't, like I said, it it was the thing that I was left with was the most rewarding. It was actually the effort and seeing that it's not the win, it's not the title, it's not that I get to tell other people that I'm better than them. 
sure, it's cool, it's nice. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing that beats that. Like seeing people believe in you and you believing in other people and ge being very genuine, it is much nicer experience than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, okay. in Dora, like again, just to give you some insight, it's very hard to find that, like quite often. And it's young people chasing their dreams and it's young people having, you know, an idea and, and like a lot of hope and wishes and dreams to how to get there. And when they don't get it, the right time, the right way, their way, a lot of people, they, it gets, it gets out the wrong way. They say the wrong things. They, at the end of the day, they're screwing themselves over, right? Like your yeah. teammates. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. So yeah. But bro, I have to ask you too. Like, I want to know about your 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 tale. Like, how would you describe your own uh, esports journey? Well, b before I get into it, I think I was watching the the Red Bull against the, all the odds against the odds, and mm -hmm. uh, they seem to refer to, if I remember correctly, as old. And I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> what do you mean he's old? It's uh, a so, lot of young players in Dota now. Yeah, more, yeah. more and more. We have so when you have them. The team right now, right? Oh my god, yeah, 17, 16, right? Well, they're, they're 17 right now, but they were 16 when we got them, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Or 17, both. So, they're gonna need a lot of guidance and mentality and proper behavior towards one another, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, I mean, you're gonna lose to any team that is a team, like yeah. that's the thing. That I, if I to put it simply, is like if you're really if, if you're five individuals and you're as talented as you want to be, you're still gonna get toyed with by one team that is just a good team, and they can be much worse than you. I mean, there's yeah. of course a limit and a level you have to be above, but a, a team beats individuals every day of the week. I agree. I, I wanted to, so, I wanted to add something. Sorry, before we go with you. Um, so last week I I we had uh well we, the week before we have Saber Light. Which is a very young player as well. He's 21, and he just came to prominence uh, in the last year and a half, two years. And he told me something that was very interesting. He's like, "Look, your whole career you play for yourself, and all you're trying to do is get better yourself. And you know that none of these teams really matter. All you're trying to do is you, 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 me, 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 me. And then by yeah. the time you get to the real team, then you have to stop thinking about the me and start thinking about the all of us together. And that is not that easy because you play for so long just for yourself." not cared about anything else because you need to shine. People need to see you. You need to like go up in the ranks. So people <laughs> know a, who you a are. There's a toxic culture. There's a toxic culture climbing up too. You know, <laughs> like you're going to encounter a lot of toxic behavior <laughs> going into Dota. Yeah, and so, then you have to become like one part of a whole machinery when you, because that's the only way you have a chance to win it. So that switch, yeah. not everybody makes it. Eh? There's a lot of toxic people in teams right now, just trying to constantly like a piecing contest against their own teammates. We'll it's, risk it. it's risky to make that switch because if you do it with the wrong group of people, you're going to end yeah. up putting your trust and your faith and your hard effort and your sacrifice into people that end up not deserving it. You're going to find yourself burned with your trust not reciprocated. Here you are trying to make them better, sacrificing. They get better. Next thing you know, you're not in the same team anymore. So your investment is wasted. It's risky. It, it could be. I mean, I think there's more ways to look at it. Uh, but I like with that sentiment, I would I said the same thing. A lot of people have been ruined by bad teams, like a lot of high potential young people, young, very nice, like attitude guys wow. have gone into teams one year later. They're just different. They're not they're not nice anymore. The attitude is so fucking bad. And it's it's a shame. And I, I can see how this could have happened to me very easily. But I would also say that everybody carries, you know, their own responsibility, too. So 
hopefully you're not going to let the world drag you down right and the same thing would go into if you go into teams and you're the young guy or you have a great idea but but people are shitting on you and you don't agree with how things are i mean mom is not going to come save you so it's up to you to kind of see through all the shit and be like all right well at least i'm going to get better here you know or i'm going to go on to new ventures and Maybe eventually you find the right group. I think Misha, for example, our new captain, our new position five, he has been on a his own long journey. And finally now, I think he's tasting so, something that's like resembles enabling. Before, there's been so little of it. It's not been natural for those teams, you know? It's, man, I've heard some crazy shit. But yeah, <laughs> ego is a funny thing. Yeah. Okay, your turn yeah. now is the... Okay. Well, my my career began a long time ago. I I feel, I mean, I I, <laughs> I I feel I feel young. Like I don't feel out of place. But when I look at the years, it's a long time ago. I started playing WC three and two K two, and I started playing for wow. a, for a team in two K three. The team was a French team. Uh, they, they were all Dutch, uh, as I am, and we would play like local qualifiers and stuff. People had started saying I should participate in qualifiers. I didn't have really, um, I didn't think I'm a competitive person either. I now look back and wonder if that was a misassessment, but I, I don't, I, yeah, I didn't think so. And I maintained that actually for a long time. Hmm. People said I should play in qualies and I, I don't think, I didn't think that I could ever be the best at anything in life, like let alone games, even though I've been playing games since out of the crib, since my dad's a gamer. He plays bridge and chess, oh. and his his dad was a gamer, so it's it's very much in the in the family. And then we all grew up playing some piano. We always had a computer, so we were always busy with our hands. And I had no idea what I wanted to do in life in general. I just knew as long as I'm behind a computer, I'll be happy with it. So even if I'm a, a translator or a secretary or a writer, I wouldn't mind as long as I can feel the sounds of the keyboard. I love falling asleep to the sounds of the keyboard because <laughs> it's become endemic. Like I love the sounds. So I've always played games and WC3 came. Other people encouraged me to play qualies. I did and I won them. So I would be the Dutch representative for tournaments. But I, I still didn't think it's going to lead anywhere big. I was in high school and I continued to do high school and I finished it. And I went to a couple of tournaments during high school, but I never had that much time to train. So I got top 16, top 32. And it was a super cool experience to go to tournaments. My first tournament. Where did you play? And uh, what tournaments was it? Was it I played a tournament in uh, Las Vegas in 2K3, uh, Poitiers in France, then something in Germany. So I'd been to three countries before out of high school uh, for tournaments. And there was one tournament where we had a Christmas break from school so I could practice for two weeks straight from dawn till dusk, from wake up till sleep. And it was great. I got a lot better. And it's finally where I started to believe that like, if you practice more, you get even better. I ended up winning the tournament. And then I thought I could do this all the time if I don't go to uni. Uh, I had, oh. <laughs> right? Like after high school, because I, I went to like highest level high school you can go to with bilingual and like, and then uni was Wait, bilingual. To... Does that mean you had like a second language too, other than English or? Uh, Dutch, Dutch and English. Right. Okay, so okay. like half the subjects were in English, half in Dutch in order to prepare ah. you for like international business or something like that. Or and then uni was... So oh, how was your oh, parents stream. with all this? <laughs> Had they like been happy with your studying? And, and then when you were gaming, like, did they, were they worried for you or did they have anything to say? 
Well, without going too much into it exactly, there's a very laissez-faire uh, approach to my uh, to my growing up. Maybe a bit neglectful, so they didn't really pay much attention to what I'm doing in general, either my school or the follow-up. I mean, when I <laughs> when I when I finished high school, there's a summer break. And then university starts in what? September. There was a deadline before August 15th, you're supposed to have signed up for a university. And every now and then my parents, uh, my, my parents would say like, uh, sign up, okay? And that's Hi. it. That's their involvement. That's their entire involvement. Just sign up on time, okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I procrastinate like a gamer, so I play games and I, I, I don't sign up. And then uh, eventually, <laughs> I didn't sign up by August 15th. I signed up after. And then on the day that university began, look how clueless I am. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like 18, almost 19. I go to university on the day that it's beginning. And they're, they're asking me, okay, I don't see you in the system. Did you sign up on time? No, I signed up late. Okay. Uh, how come you're here now? What about the introduction week last week for university? Oh, and then I'm like, yeah, I skipped that one. I get, I, I'll, I'll just skip intro. I'll go on the first day of, of school. I, I didn't even know the difference of school and uni and how you're like taking a more independent approach to things. And then they're like, well, you should really go to the intro week. It's really important to figure out how this university works. I had signed up for like English cause I thought it's going to be fun. I like English. Then, uh, I mean, I was already pro gaming during this time, so I guess I didn't really want to, but I also was completely clueless. And then they say, well, you can just join class for now. Do you have your books? I'm like, no. I thought books for uni would get sent to your house automatically. Uh... <laughs> 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 it's, so, it's so clueless and dumb, but like for high school, it wasn't automatic either. My parents ordered those books, right? And for uni, I thought, I, I'm kind of like a golden retriever sometimes, just happy-go-lucky, don't know anything, dumb but happy. And then, I, I, so they're like, let me get this straight. You didn't sign up on time. You didn't go to intro week. You don't have any idea what you should be doing and you don't have any of your books. We could actually say that you are not actually signed up to university. You just showed up here. <laughs> I think you have to go home. <laughs> she was wow. really nice about it too. And she was right. I mean, I, there was like zero connection to me actually doing this thing. Meanwhile, I had fooled myself to believe that I was going to be going back to uni after a year of pro gaming, but there was zero intent. Actually, there was zero help and guidance and there was zero yeah, knowledge about it. So then instead of one year of pro gaming, which I did after high school and then uni, I just ended up uh, pro gaming for longer. That's, that's my start. And it was weird. I ended up joining a pro team uh, for Kings and I felt about it like you said you should feel about a team eventually. So I felt loyal. I wanted to get better. I wanted all of us to get better. I wanted us to help each other. I wanted us to practice. But Warcraft 3 is 90% individual competitions. You could compete against each other. There was also the team competition, WC3L, and there was NGL. And there, it benefited you to all get better together. But the individual competitions, they created a wedge between what should be wow. a unified approach to improvement. So what I learned there, and which actually stuck with me, is that your teammates 
they can be your friends, but it, they can also be your rivals. And people aren't going to help you get better. They're not going to practice with you to get better because they want to win their own glory, very understandably so. So I realized your teammates are your greatest competition, not just competition like other people. They are your competition and then some. Why? Because you're not just competing for the own, for your own uh, individual tournaments, trophies, but you're competing for the sponsorship and the salary that your team is playing. If you're better than your teammates, then you will continue to be supported. And if you're worse, you may get kicked or get less than them. And although I didn't like to see it that way, it, I, I could feel that some people felt that way. So it ended up being that way. <laughs> you see how different it is from a Dota team yeah. too? Yeah, there because you're not really yeah. a team. That's like a fallacy almost that like you're a yeah. team, but not really, you know, like only for one tournament and then, wow, okay. Unless you choose so, to be loyal and you say, whatever happens between us in a tournament, uh, we're friends and we're teammates and we, we want us to do well. And hey, if I lose to you, so be it. But that trust was completely optional and not everyone felt that. I wanted Dota, to feel not, it. But... Not everybody gets the same salary, but in OG, everybody gets the same salary. Mm. We've gone through different versions of this and we realized that the only way to really build a cohesive, trustful unit is that everybody gets the same, everybody gets the same price pool, everybody has the same conditions, you know? And if you are 16 or you're playing with a two-time TI, two TI winner, you still make the same, you know? Because mm -hmm. that's the only way we can see it, you know? That you are a real unity. There might be different ways to do it for other teams, but I, th I think I agree with that approach. Like if that, you know, if that works. Unless uh, the players like do... Like one player does a lot of extra content for the team where you're constantly creating guides and, and doing interviews and the other is like, I don't want to do anything. And I could see a value diff uh, between the two and what they provide for the org. But yeah, I guess it's the best way for unity of, of morale. Oh, but that's how it should be, what you're just saying. And, and at the end of the day, it's all about transparency. If somebody has a problem being transparent, I think you're going to have a, I don't think you're going to be able to reach the best version of a team. I'm uh, just going to say it like that, you know, like at the end of the day, you have to be ready to die for each other. So if, you, if there's something you can't talk about, well, shit, you know, like <laughs> at some point life is going to ask you to be fully trusting, fully open, fully everything with each other. Like at least in, in this game, I mean, I think all the warfare games, all the competitive things with, with multiple people involved, that's how you get the best result or the best group. Yeah, yeah you, we, got, you... we got lucky also working with some cool sports psychologists and, and I think they also... Mm -hmm. put words and open our eyes to a lot of these things you know like i don't think everything came to us like by ourselves but a lot of things came to us by ourselves we and then we had like a lot of amazing help that we chose to listen to i think a lot of other teams or people are very stubborn and don't even ask for for that type of help you know they don't they don't think they they don't want it maybe they're better than it but i, I don't know why you know i would say that's been one of the keys to our success too did you have a sports psychologist going into the ti's that you want uh, so we had Mia for TI nine, right? Um, and TI eight, we had nobody. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no. But we had we had sports psychologists in two thousand seventeen that also and a sports psychologist like we had a session with him for like four hours. Um, a guy called Doctor Greg Wells, amazing stuff. You know, he went from I might get it wrong, but he went from something like a pediatrician. Uh, to oncologists, to um, I also think he had other uh, 
specialties, but then he went into sports psychology, human performance, worked a bit with the army on some things like caffeine and how you can enhance uh, you know, certain types of performance and awakeability or, or wakeness or whatever. And then he also went into the Olympics, worked with people there, and now eventually started working with people climbing mountains as groups of people. And that that's a very good. Oh, that's that's a where all your analogies come from, from this gentleman. No, no, no. But he, I mean, he was also using a lot of analogies and and a lot mm. of people that try to get like very deep points across, but understand it very simply. I think just use these analogies because if you can find the right analogy, everybody could understand it, right? But yeah, this climbing a mountain thing, it's the same thing as working in a kitchen. It's the same thing as having a Dota team. It's the same thing as a basketball team. It's the same thing as as a group of people deciding to build something, anything, a fence. Like you. If you get the right group dynamic and if you, yeah, especially mountain climbing, you want to have that because it's do or die, uh, you are able to turn your back on people and not feel like you're ever going to be left behind. You're going to be able to be your fullest self. You're going to be able to, you know, have no restraints, have no fear, no fear of anything, nothing, you know, and that's how you get these amazing results. I think, you know, I've heard it before too, like underdogs just playing like on another level, being on another um, and Part of it might be because they don't feel the pressure, but the other part is because they managed to build something that even the high talent or whatever the fuck, they, they weren't able to to be good to each other. Yeah. Simply put, you know? Yeah, that's or so enable each other. Whatever, whatever you yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Luckily, I did feel that a bunch of times with my team for Kings, where maybe we were individually worse players than uh, a, a team of uh, South Koreans or, or Chinese players. I could see like, yeah. We have like one or two star players. They have like four or five star players. <laughs> but then when we play together and we have a boot camp and we throw catch up at each other and we practice together, and we, we shoot the shit and we laugh. And then we're able to win the Clanmore and we're able to win the tournament. And then next time we do it again, even though now they're, they're you know, they're aware. That's, uh, yeah, it, the power of friendship. Like it, it did work for us a bunch of times and it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. I mean, it's like a logical safe space, as some one of these ecologists has told us too. It's it's like you have that environment. Well, you're allowed to, you know, just be yourself, just be a kid, like go crazy, do what you would do, like be creative too. It's like that creativity is only allowed in in a loose, nice atmosphere. When you have that animosity or judgment or distrust, it's very hard to be creative. You know, like are you gonna try something new when you already got flamed for, you yeah. know, one thing that fucked up? Like hell no, I'm not gonna try something new. You know, I'm gonna go for the most predictable like shit so that nobody is gonna, you know, talk shit about me. Like something like this can very easily happen in any group of people. And and what you're describing works for one on one as well. You see people hearkening back to their comfort picks when they feel threatened. When people are def right, yeah. defensive, they clam up. And as a one-on-one -on -one competitor, when I play against players, people don't, didn't have sports psychologists in WC3 generally. So uh. when you play against people, you're not combating against two minds, someone that's trying to anticipate how you think, how you plan, how you predict them. It's one-on-one. -on -one. So you can feel their mind transforming and, and going into segues as you play against them. After I see the character, the nature of the first game, I know what they're going to do in the second game. Because yes. I have studied them, I have studied myself, I have seen how they stress response. Uh, if there is a new replay that came out with a certain hero that doesn't get a lot of traction, and I know my opponent is a fan of that hero, but he hasn't played it in months, I know he's going to see that replay, I know he's going to feel an affiliation to that, and he's going to play it against me next game because he wants that hero to work. So, and he's good at it, but he didn't believe in it for a bit, but now there's been like an exemplary replay from the pro scene, 
I'm like, and now you're already predicting his move even I know before what he's, gonna he's do, shown yeah. his hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is very powerful. That's that's very good. And, and I think that's the beauty of the warfare. Like, wow, that's really cool. And that loose atmosphere that you're describing that should be there to make uh, a team five fingers to a fist so you can punch more strongly when the team spirit is there. That is also a great metaphor for how the individual mind can work. Like my mind can be a battlefield too. I can feel right. the support of family or friends or, or fans. And with that support, I feel like I'm allowed to have good things. I'm allowed to be happy. Good things are, can happen to me. And yet, if I am mired in negativity of my own critical mind, or I have read too many fans, uh, negative, like they're, they're, they flame, they hate, they're unwell wish. And I was unable to compartmentalize it because my mind was too young. My emotional development was too weak then I suddenly feel like I don't deserve good things. And then I'm going to self-sabotage before the game begins. So yeah, if your mind is at ease and you're, you're loose and you're having fun, then you're going to be more creative. If you allow yourself to make mistakes, if you allow yourself to say, hey, uh, at the end of the day, this sacrifice you're making, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Losing is okay because you don't have full control over the game. There's the, the battlefield, there's the, the tournament, the chairs, the table, there's the fans, there's your opponent. You don't have everything under your control. So whatever happens, you need to accept it from second one. This could end well, this could end poorly. But you're allowed to be happy, you're allowed to win, you're allowed to do your thing. And if you win, cool, that's, that's an extra, but let's enjoy the process. If you're doing that, you're going to yeah. achieve so much more. Ah, oh, well said. I mean, that's what a sports psychologist once told us, more or less word for word. Like, you know, just go enjoy yourself. The rest will be fine. Yeah. Uh, many tactics for for people how to do this. I think that's also been our strength in OG is we actually talk about this shit. We go over it. And man, like I tell you, our worst, probably our worst boot camp ever was just before TI9. You know, but we were huh. so good friends and we were there for each other that we we flipped the ship like the ship was already at the bottom, you know. Hold on a sec. Like rock bottom. It was bad. Why? Because of bad scrim results or you had uh, some... I was like an emotional pressure cooker. Things went really well. It was a long boot camp too. So we had like three and a half weeks. And I think the first week, our sports psychologist is there. Everything is perfect. All the, every, all the conditions are amazing. Everything is working out really nicely. Um, yeah, I think 90% win rate in scrim, which is like exceptionally high. I don't think we ever had higher before. All right, the sports psychologist leaves. We're in Malaysia, by the way. Sports psychologist leaves. And now we start we start having like worse games. Uh, some of the some people start caring less. And I think everybody has something going on at home at this point, or not everybody, but like half the team has like something going on at home. Things get worse and worse, like practice-wise, frustrations are building up a bit. It's, it's one of those long boot camps. So when you have like two or three of these days in a row, you, you start getting sick of it. Um, what happens then is we start getting internet issues, oh. big time internet issues to the point where we cannot play and we're stuck in another country and we don't find a solution and we're losing our minds. It's like, we're ready to pay anything. We're ready to do anything to get this shit to work. And we have these three clowns, they show up to the boot camp. It's like dumb, dumb and dumber. And they're like, they're showing us where the internet cable has been this entire time. It's this flimsy fiber net cable that's not even protected. It's not even covered. It covered. It's uh, it's thinner than this. You know? <laughs> it's like it's nothing. It's just hanging on the wall. Do you it's mean hanging it's, it's on like, this nail. It's the threaded cable without the jacket. I think the what? threads. I think the threads are at the end. Yeah, I don't even know if it had the jacket. Like I think the thre uh, the the copper or whatever was exposed somewhere. But normally the fiber cables are protected with something. Here it didn't have that layer of protection. It was this flimsy little shit. And it's just hanging on a nail. <laughs> and then they, they come to us and they say they fixed it. And then they're telling us, uh, don't touch cable. Don't touch cable. Like, 
what the fuck <laughs> am I supposed to do with this? It was right by one of the PCs as well. Um, so things go downhill really quick. Uh, my dog also dies at that boot camp, and I, I find out. So that was like on top. That was on top of it. So I go down the dumpster. So only Seb maintained like a good spirit, good morale. Tried to pull everyone out. And then a funny story is like we, we kind of flip it just before we go to TI, like just before we, we go to China and our sports psychologist is also there. Everybody has some nice talks with her. I, I get to vent as well. She's very good to, she's a very good ear and very good to talk with in general. So I think everybody got like a nice release. And as a team, we regrouped. We go into TI, we have two practice days before the tournament. Nice speech, Seb speech, like always. Everybody's hyping each other up. We're going to do this. We, we know we're good enough. We want TIA. We're the hot shit. We can do this. You know, like, I don't even know if it's fake confidence or if it's real, but it's just confidence at this point. We're, we're screaming Navi. And we get fucking destroyed. Good. Like, no tomorrow. And everybody, we get destroyed. Like, we had, we thought we got this game. We thought we would have this series. All right. No bad feelings. Wait, Everybody's still in a better mood than scrim? the boot camp. This is scrim, right? Yeah, it's a scrim. But, it's a scrim. But yeah, it's yeah, good get, to get destroyed like that. Maybe, but but we had kind of hoped that the, a sign of flipping the ship because the ship was like so far down that everybody has no hope. So any sign of hope would be good, but we get destroyed both games. Those are only two practice games that day. <laughs> then the next day, two more games against Navi. Same thing. Good speech, good everything. We get fucked even harder. Like we had no chance. The games were over in like 15 minutes, both of them. And then next games are going to be TI group stage games, you know? And I don't know what people were feeling, but I think everybody still strangely felt good. And after we started the official games... We didn't look back. Like we, I, th I think we only lost like a couple games at uh, that TI. Wow. It was good performance. But yeah, that, again, the power of friendship, the power of a team, and the power of not having taboo. Like really talking about everything, like everything that's on your heart. So yeah, it's it's that's the coolest thing. That's the coolest part about the process. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't know. I, I I always thought it was a good thing to lose right before a tournament on the day off the day before it's like a wake-up call of course of course i mean for us it was i mean i think everything played out the way it had to play out you know you never know when it's good to win i think and you never really know when it's good to lose like your intuition might tell you but like yeah. you're saying sometimes you feel this war game like sometimes it's no longer game in front of you it's not chess it's not it's not warcraft it's not counter-strike it's mind versus mind and yeah. once one mind starts getting more traction and starts getting ahead of things like even though one team wins one game you feel it that was one bullet that was all they had and now they're still even after this game they're fatigued they're exhausted and that happens also in i think in every sport i'm, I'm guessing but in dota that that happens all the time as well like you have a team that knows they're not as good and they still manage to win the first game but they still don't even feel good uh and vice versa like teams that lost the first game but they feel on top of the world because they know they're coming to fuck you now like it's it's not the game anymore it's just mine yeah uh, super agree with that uh, i i think i saw sep and you guys talk about it in one of the true sites where uh you lost but you counted it as a win and i i did the same thing i never had a sports psychologist and I could talk to my then girlfriend now wife about it sometimes, but she doesn't compete in in in, in that way. So like, it's a, it's a lot secondhand. But didn't have a sports psychologist, but I did a lot of reading. I I tried to find the closest synonyms that I could find. So I would buy like golfing books, uh, tennis books, and try to find out how those guys did things. Counting some games that are won as a loss and counting some games that were lost as a win, I think, was a very useful uh, mechanism to simply train the mind to show that enough good things happened that it was worth a victory, but something small happened. It doesn't mean that you can't win. And also sometimes you win, but it was a loss. It's a very useful tool for a scrim to prevent yourself from getting overconfident. 
and it's that mental damage that you could inflict. You knew sometimes when you played a game and the opponent won, that was a bad one for them. Like that was supposed to be yep. a breeze, and you dragged it to minute thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. so true. No tail, so true. We we use those metaphors too all the time. Like, don't make it easy for them. You know, like if they're gonna fuck you, like make it hard. Like, you just claw them on the way down, like a like a wounded animal that doesn't want to die. You know, like make him scared of the next time. Yeah. The next time he has to hunt this dog or hunt this rabbit animal is like he doesn't want to do this shit again. First time was oh my god, it was so bad, such a bad experience. Oh, it's a best of five. Ah, oh, shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. No, no, I think I love. So that's the thing I love about competition. Uh, but that being said, also I f I I feel deflated now. Like my competitive uh, spirit is not what it used to be. You change. I don't know. I you changed as a person. I, I think so. I mean, I think we all do. But but I definitely took some big changes uh, over the last couple of years. No tail. After you won the first TI, did people call you guys? You, they would, right? T uh, title defender for next year. You would be there was a lot of that, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that, but at the same time, we somehow managed to get like slight underdog at, like on one hand, people thought that we were bad, also because our scrims and the last part of the bootcamp were not good, but we had a bad year, uh but still ah. there was like a half respect and then half disrespect in a way but but there was a lot of like the title defenders, especially from the outside and the media, so yeah, yeah, what, you, what was your question? sorry well, that's been the no feel free at any time uh that that was the toughest part for me when I won my first most meaningful world championship uh w c g two k four the next year people were like title defender title defender. I didn't have enough of an emotional shield to protect myself from the mm. impact that it had to my fragile young mind uh, right. i I remember thinking, no, no, I want to be the underdog, I want to be the underdog. But people right. called me title defender and it just stuck. And it put so much pressure on me that I was actually kind of unfriendly at that event. I was like, don't talk to right. me. I'm, I'm in stress. I need to do this thing. I ended up getting third and I was so, <laughs> I was so sad about it. Yeah, no, and it's a funny thing. Like, So I went over the same thing when we won first majors in 2016. Like that was the first taste of success. Oh, yeah. Um, that was, you know, life-changing money. And it was also the first like stamp in Dota that you were better than... Than most of them you know like you're maybe not the best in the world yet, yep. or like you haven't proved that but you're better than fucking most of them great then we go into so that was the first major after the new major system that they made frankfurt major we go to shanghai major after and we lose horribly i think everybody got this very quick feeling of like contentness and uh yep. they yeah there was no longer the fire for, like for some reason you know even though obviously it was a very silly thing to, to have happen over like a major it's not even ti and you chase this for how many years like how can you let this self like let this happen to yourself anyway so that was a wake-up call we go into the next major and we actually smash it i think that was the hardest most one-sided major in major histories in dota like no chance for anyone great so we, we still got it you know we still we still have it and then we go to ti and now we're fucking favorites for the first time we're favorites to win this and wow dude we lost to teams we would have never lost to i think we were still that was one of the best like disparities from us to them in terms of skill level and team stuff that we'd ever gotten to in, in like as me in a team like that team was really good compared to the rest at that time so fucking good we lost ourselves like 1000 percent. we were a shadow of ourselves the boot camp everything was so smooth so perfect and maybe too perfect but i think it helped maintain that idea of like your favorites everybody was telling us that we're favorites so we actually destroyed the group stage still now we're going into playoffs and we we were first seed so we get to choose the team that we we're, were supposed oh, to play is that uh we wait, chose... is that still the case for ti yes and so we actually chose the team that we wanted to, to 
that we thought were easier, an easier win. And we lost. Of course we lost. Like, that's such a pussy move. <laughs> we chose, uh, we chose uh, MVP, which was a team of Koreans. And the last time we played them, the score was like 24-0. They didn't get a kill. We were toying with them, bro. We <laughs> I, were like, we were fucking toying with them. I could have told you, don't pick the Koreans. <laughs> no, but bro, like Koreans and Dota, they're, they're, they're not they're the not same good. as Koreans in other games. Yeah, they're usually not like, they, they have had one team in the entire history. Like, that was like that in one. the top 10. <laughs> that one. That one, MVP. <laughs> and they beat us. And then we, we go on and we lose to TNC, which again, we were like, we were the fucking favorites. We're not supposed to lose to anyone. And we're losing to teams that were not rated higher than, you know, like eight or something like this. So again, we lost to ourselves. Uh, and what happened, funny story, is that TI9, uh, we we go to Eric Johnson, which is like one of the guys at Valve, um, and we tell him, and we're making sure that it's in front of all the teams. We won the group stage again, and we were supposed to choose a team, and we tell him to flip the coin. And we tell him we, that we choose the team that it lands on, you know? And we did it in front of other teams, and, and we also let other people know so that the rumor was spread. And this is the way to do it. This is the way, because the other way, like what we were talking about with, with the favorites and all that stuff is like, you ha the only way I think is to embrace it. You have to go with it. You have to also laugh it off when people come with stupid questions. Don't ever let it, if it's something that bothers you, don't ever let it sit, you know? Like we were telling the young guys on our team whether people who hadn't experienced like this stuff before, like when you hear this shit, do yourself a favor and just laugh. Like you don't even have to answer these questions, you know? You can laugh your whole way through, not even say one word. And people took it too hard, you know, whenever these things came and like five in a row or like questions about something, eventually people would just laugh, you know, and there was no pressure. We took this pressure and we applied it to everyone else by, we're trying, by doing the things that we were doing as well. It's like, yeah, we're coming for everyone now. Like, fuck it, you know, we're group stage winners, we're the favorites, we're fucking, we're flipping the coin, bitch. I don't give a fuck. I love we're it. also happy that it landed on the weaker team, but <laughs> it didn't matter at this point. No, but like, it's, fuck it. It's so good that you didn't pick it, because it just pressures yourself. If you pick a weaker exactly. team, then you're supposed to win. If you pick a stronger exactly. team, you may feel like I mean, regretting. Anything you should pick, yes, but if anything, you should pick the stronger team, in my opinion. I guess so. Don't pick the weaker one. But, but do think about it, if you are the other team and somebody's picking you, I'm like, I'm going to come and I'm going to fuck you. Yeah, you think that it. I'm the weakest team? Oh my god, yeah. you just gave me feel. And if you do the I am gonna try to fuck you until the end. <laughs> if you do the coin flip way, they could be like, oh, it's nothing personal. They they're not saying mm -hmm. we shit. Uh yeah, they, it's, it's so all it takes is one guy in that team to ask the questions like, do you think they really flipped the coin? Like that just gave that us bigger balls than you, you know. <laughs> if that question is in anyone's head, like why did they flip the coin, or yeah. did they flip the coin, or is it even true? They're, I mean, I they already I mean, lost. The like the, the mental warfare. Yeah. The flip the coin is I'm okay with any of you guys because you guys are yes. all persons. Doesn't you know? matter. I'm okay it with you. Matter all of them. <laughs> yeah. But think about it. Like if you flip the coin, sorry, if you don't flip the coin and you pick the weakest enemy, and suddenly you get a first blood, it's like oh fuck, we got them. Like the whole wave is just. You're constantly fighting a constant wave that you put against yourself. You yes. Because anytime when you lose game one, holy fuck. You know? Exactly. Now it's in yeah, your head the like, whole time. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you could feel stupid. You start not being in the present anymore because you're thinking about what people mm -hmm. are going to be saying, what they're saying right now, like the shame you'll feel in the future and stuff. Like, yeah, you don't want to be bothered with that at all. They still bring it up to Johan <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, I remember that, that year that you lost to MVP and to TNC. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember. Thank you for bringing it up. I remember so it's not a fun game like this, like the fans and, and the, the general spin on things sometimes go on for a very long time. You know, like people, they, they hang on to like one image of a person, whether they call them like a bad this or a weak this or something. 
then because Twitch has said it once, now it's like a stigma. It's like he's always wearing a t-shirt and it doesn't matter if how far away from the truth it was. You know, yeah. there's probably some rank 3K caster who doesn't have any clue about things, who said something that was on his or her mind and now this is the way it goes. So a lot of players, they actually do tank a lot of like just toxic constant flack instead of like, well played, nice game, good idea, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the way I try to see it is like, there's been a lot of new viewers on my stream, so I've been seeing a lot more of the Dota 2 culture, but I'm still very young to it. I mean, I've 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 been over 10,000 viewers concurrently before for StarCraft, for Warcraft, for uh, Age of Empires, for for um, for Heroes of the Storm. Like every game has its peaks, and now we've been over that a couple of times with Dota 2. And a couple of months ago, I was coasting on two two and a half three k concurrent so you know it's a big switch again in the activity level but it's not new to me uh in terms of uh different games but each game has its own culture i bring my own culture and then dota 2 has its own culture and then there's a there's a mixing of things and you slowly start to see the new jokes the in jokes and uh, a lot of you know enthusiasm and a lot of uh, funny jokes that i i detect for the first time that are probably like long running and what you also realize is what you should try to remember generally, I guess, let's say if I have 7,000 new viewers and 3,000 are part of my old guard crowd, you know, that, that watch me play other games as well. And then of those 7,000 people, there's going to be 4,000 lurkers. There's going to be 2,000 chatters that are there with, uh, uh, you know, positive energy that are like nice game. Or if, if they think I look terrible that day, they're not going to say anything. And then there's uh, some very active chatters that do propagate some, uh, you know, uh, that are all, they're, they're like the smart ass in school. And to be fair, I was the smart ass in school too. If the teacher makes a mistake, I pointed out to, to help him, you know, <laughs> and, uh, that's, uh, and, and there's a bunch of those in the Dota 2 scene as well. And I, I think, I think they don't represent the majority, but they are of course, um, active and, and loud and. And you do see that, oh, it can be a little uh, hypercritical sometimes of me or of other players where, mm. you know, they see the mistake, they see the mistake, and then they remember it. Ah. So I try to also take with a grain of salt when I hear this Dota 2 player is, uh, is toxic, which is such a overgeneralized, overused term that doesn't even describe like someone, the complexity of someone's life and behavior. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to remember the worst. They're going to remember it for a long time. And we saw that in Heroes of the Storm too, as well. Sometimes you had a pro player and they called him his name feed. It was always like his name feed, his name feed. That's how they Clever. call him. That's rough actually, like to remember that forever. And it becomes a joke forever. So you got to kind of grow a uh, thick skin to that. You can try to influence things a little bit, but generally if that's going to happen, like yeah, you just have to kind of remember it's not the majority most likely and you know, kind of ignore it. Besides it's back to what we we're saying, like, are you going to blame the whole world or blame everybody else for what comes your way? Or are you going to have to, you know, find a way yourself to deal with shit? And True. I think there's only one way is to laugh it off, deal with it however you need to, you know, channel it the right way. I mean, you cannot listen to people. If you do, you will never get anywhere. You know, True. there are so many people that don't want people to go somewhere because that means they're procrastinating or they're lazy or they're this or they're that like and they just don't have another way than to vent but yeah good with the bad i mean like you say there's a small minority and i think the memes and the jokes that come from twitch and and the dota community outdoes 
Yeah, I have so many good laughs, man. It's yeah. so many good laughs. You ha you have a lot of you have a lot of stuff to catch up on too. On, <laughs> when it comes to uh, YouTube compilations, like <laughs> oh my fucking god. Well, send me some good ones after this. <laughs> uh, I got you. I got you. How long have you been on this Dora journey since you started? Oh god, let's see. I I, I don't even know actually. Um, how long has it been? I'm 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 about seventy hours of game time in. Okay. So I can't even play ranked yet. Uh, I'm at the halfway point. Ah. I just played uh, Meepo, which is the halfway point of the Total Hero list that you have. So maybe it's been one and a half months, uh, would be my guess. Or, or... But aren't you doing the quest in Dota, or are you doing it just from A to Z, like no, following the alphabet? Yeah, I'm just doing alphabetical. People told me about uh, the old yeah. hero challenge. I think that. Because then you have to win with each hero. You have to win. You doing that? <laughs> my, my win rate right now I... is below 50%, and I don't hyperemphasize it. Like, if I wanted to make sure to win, I would do more prep. No, I just want to. The way I see it, you can only be ignorant once, and you can be pro the rest of your life. I want to be ignorant. I don't watch a pro replay before I play a hero. I try to even avoid, just like how people would avoid Game of Thrones spoilers. That's me with all the heroes. Uh, if a hero has P in their name and I'm at M, I don't want to hear about it. So when I play them, I play them for the first time. I even stopped reading chat for the most part while I'm demoing them. Because <laughs> I just want to see what do they do, make my own conclusions. You all, like I can only get that once, and people that watch me can only get that once from me. And after that, mm -hmm. we'll start to get into the deeper grids of things. We'll start getting to the next 1000 MMR and the next, and you know, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But that's the fun part about Dota is the combinations, right? Like that, the hero items yeah. and like exploration, and then you go play some hero and you realize something about other heroes or items. Like I love it, man. Yeah. Dude, the game is so intricate. And I see this whole thing, like this, this short, briefly ago started journey for me as, as such a blessing because I've always liked analytical games. I've liked deep games. And after WC3, SC2, you know, I, I played... I sometimes play games that scratch that itch, the beauty of discovery. So it's not that there's nothing to discover in WC3 anymore. And there's even games still where I think, wow, that thing that just happened, I've never had that happen before. I've never had this army composition. I've never had these items on this hero. And that's insane when you think about it after how many thousands of games I've played in my life. And then sometimes there is a complete new journey of discovery. A game comes out, I'll get like a sponsorship to try it out or something which is like the best excuse for me to play anything else then i play it i'm like this is genuinely very fun and i get into it and i play it more but because it's not as well known it's harder to connect with people that watch the stream because it's a complicated game every time i do a new stream i have a new audience to educate on what it is and maybe by now i want to get into the deeper thing of things rather than saying this is the premise of the game so the blessing here for me is I love playing these complicated games, but there isn't enough of a connection sometimes with the audience. Dota 2 is that. It's been out since 2011. Everyone in Twitch chat is a pro. They already know the game. <laughs> <laughs> they already know the game entirely. And I get to discover this game with, the, you know, with people, this shared enjoyment of the game, while I'm still new to it. And people have the patience to watch because they already know what they're watching. I don't have to explain you need to take down the tier four towers to attack the ancient. Bro, there's no, no explaining Twitch at anything. That's not how it works. Twitch explains you. Yeah, it's not how it works. You just have to assume that they're always right. Everybody in Dota is right. Always. Su super pros. They're like the next level pros, you know? They're the ones that we go to for advice. Yeah. 
makes sense. Well, they, they, they've There's... actually taught me a lot about Warcraft 3 because during the, my entire Warcraft 3 career, Twitch did mm -hmm. not exist. When I started SE2 Pro Gaming, Twitch began to exist. And I got to say, in those days, I hated any sack beating, any backseating. Like, I would play a game of StarCraft 2, and they'll be like, why don't you make a couple of carriers or something? I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, I don't have a Stargate, first of all. Carriers are expensive. They're bad. And it's not just about whether they would be good here. It's about my economy that's underlying and underpinning everything. There's so many reasons. And I think this feedback is unactionable and it frustrates me and I hate it. And it was hard to deal with. And over the yeah, years, you know, you're you going to have a fun time, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm better at, I'm better at entertaining okay. that now and at, at seeing that and then compartmentalizing whether, and also a little bit of humble pie in Warcraft three, because when I started streaming Warcraft three again, after having been retired from it in 2017, People would come up with backseating and I hated it again because I'm the pro. I know everything. Dude, I'm a six times world champion. And you're like, why did you do? But there's been, there have been some people that sometimes had good feedback that when I finally opened my mind, just listen and laugh it off. Like you said, no tail. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was good advice, surprisingly, yeah, from yeah. Twitch chat. And there was even people that were repeatedly right with their findings. You have students of the game. They don't play very well. Their hands are slow but they're brilliant. Right. And then they come up with these things that when I try them out, they actually work. And that is so magical. So, so I think most good teams have at least a couple of players who are not too egotistical about their own uh, skill level that they, they usually, usually every team I think goes to hero spammers in Dota, like the top, the, the guys who are in the top 10 of a hero and they look at what they do. Ah, you yeah. know, they look, actually look for inspiration and they're, Dota has been a game for a long time where you can have an ego and you can be top 10 or plus, you know, congrats. Or you can, you know, be humble and open your mind and like actually believe that a guy who has 3,000 less MMR than you, but is number five on Visage or Chen or whatever, that he has something. He has some fucking thing going on that is strong, that is good. It could even be map movement combined with other things. It could be the hero itself with the items. It could be the patch. It could be something. But yeah, there's a lot of this, like for, I would say, all the good teams, you know, they don't have... Uh, five guys would have full blown ego. Like you have people who are able to, and yeah, Twitch chat too, you know, sometimes they, they just backseat and they say, why didn't you click magic wand? And sometimes they, uh, there's a guy in chat who actually has some really smart view of the game. And that's also what's so cool about when you play these, even Battle.net games. Like when I used to play Battle.net and Dota 1, you would just play against this super nerd and you're wondering like, what are you doing with your life? Like, why are you in this game with me? I'm wasting my life. Like, why are you also here? You know, like <laughs> both of you just with thousands of hours in this game, doing some crazy stuff in this random battle night game. Like, yeah, it's, I think that's also the beauty of Dota is like, you have people who have sparks of like uh, genius, you know, in the game, like whatever brought it, brought them there, motivation or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Love it. if you keep your mind open, you'll, you'll see it, you know, you'll see good ideas. So I'm going to add something. So I'm not going to say who the player is, but you know, like there's new heroes that suddenly come into meta and you've never played those heroes. I, I know that this player will message like the, like Johan is saying, the guy with 3000 broodmother games and we'll be like, Hey, I, I will hire you for 10 hours of sessions, you know? Oh. And he will sit with this random player and this player will teach the super player, you know, how to play that hero oh, yeah. because it's like, I have hundred games of this hero. 
this person has 3,000 games on this hero. He knows the depth of the hero much more than I will ever know. I mean, he the, now the hero in the pro player hand, you know, much higher haptic. But you don't have the ability to discover, you know, all these things. That's so cool. So you actually contract them for some hours of coaching to do some deep dive mm -hmm. sessions. There are some real nerds in here who have decided I am one hero. This hero is my spirit animal. And then their whole life is dedicated to playing fucking Chen or Techies or Mother <laughs> or Templar Assassin. You have like one of each. You also have Kunka, uh, the Kunka player called Attacker. I don't know if you know him. He yeah, streams on I, Twitch I think too. I played against his Smurf. I got manhandled by uh, Kunka in Unranked oh, recently. No. Okay, maybe it was oh, a name. No, but he he is like another human, like he's another player. Like nobody will ever play Kunka like him. But the problem is if he goes on the team, you spend one ban and you don't want to see like attacker Pudge, for example, like compared to his Kunka. Like, his Kunka is fucking Mozart. It's crazy. Some of the shit you see is like, what the fuck? Like I didn't know Dota works like this, like new mechanics and stuff. But then, yeah, like it's, it's a fun game because you really have people who are so dedicated, patch through patch through patch, no matter how shit the hero becomes, they will stick through it, play it for a year until it gets buffed again, you know, and they have guides, they have ideas. Like, man, like, wow. I love that. It's, it, yeah. So in TI5, uh, when Evil Geniuses won, there's this hero that they use, there was uh, techies, but they use it in a very, very unique way. And it was PPD's brother uh, who was a techies nerd. And he was like teaching the team how to play techies and what he did. I mean, wait, have you got to techies? Because he's on a tease. No, no, probably I've, not. Uh, I've had a techies smurf. Pretty sure it was a smurf. I try not to allege that too quickly uh, in my game yesterday. And he was like, everybody's a smurf. Yeah, everyone's a smurf. <laughs> he was like 10 levels ahead of the rest of us. And he would like blow himself with a rocket or a mine into us, blow us up, and then blow out again. I don't know exactly <laughs> how. But... So. The, the hero has changed now. It's more like a Bomberman right now that he used to go before because before it was used to be a positional, like in a way you will put mines on, oh, the, yeah. on the ground. He was a minefield maker. Now yeah. he's more of like a burst nuker with a bit of the minefield yeah. going on. Yeah, so. makes sense. So the way that they did it on TI5, if you ever go and see it, is that there's a strategy was that he will put like the invisible mines and the wave creep can never push to you. So that's what he will do. He will spend putting a lot of the mine and one mine could clean the web. And it, was more, yeah. it came more into play versus the team they met in the finals called CDEC. They kind of reinvented Dota that year with like a very fast paced uh, style with heroes that were that came online really early and they were able to take this invasion and dive super quick and, and they played really well and they were able to scale into the game. But their whole thing relied on smoking into the enemy forest at, this, at some time in the early game. But this mine would just be there and he would just keep an eye on it and poof. And then he's like, oh boy, is there smoking mid? <laughs> and they were like half HP and, and they couldn't make this happen. So this whole, like one fucking mining hero ruined this wow. team. And I don't know how many mines that is. Is there a way to check? Uh, well, techies, you can click on him. Oh, he's going to get him. He's under attack. Picks up one, Shiki, that's a big kill. They don't get it though, this is going to be the end of the game. Garter is dropping lower and lower, will end up falling some mail now on the retreat. Shiki and aggressive slowing him down, keeping up, but oh, what a big stasis trap, controlling two of the cores, and now with the mines, both of them dropping low. Universe finishes off once, some mail gets the other. C-Deck dropped the gyrocopter with no buyback. So they had to ban this, they had to ban it. And that was the finals. And, yeah. and who ended up winning? 
in the the miner. They broke their back. Like they broke Celia's back it. completely. Yeah. Oh, cool. They slowed the game. Everything. Everything was slowed by this fucking hero. But this techie because of the mines. The techie pick was to stop the early smoking, or did was it just because techie happened to be fun? They used it against one or two other teams, but I don't think they used it against most teams. But against their team, it was like exceptionally good, just for this one purpose. Yeah. yeah, just for this one purpose, it did so much damage to their playstyle. Like it was such a playstyle counterpick. No, everybody was struggling against C Deck, like everybody. And they found like not just through the techies, there was also a Naga Siren support, which had the similar type of thing going on, where he would really disrupt what C Deck were doing, and it, it was also Aoi. But but yeah, they that was like cool. a strategical beatdown, like really smart, like small picks, like counter picks. Dota also has that, you know, like picks that just hurt so bad that they break your back. I, said, I think you're going to see it like part of your evolution of the game. You know, first you're experience the, the heroes. Yeah. And then you're going to experience, obviously, like I'm talking, I, I'm a pleb, okay? I just have a lot of hours in this game, even though I've never got better. I, I like what you said before. It makes me feel better about myself. I know a lot about the game, but I have very slow hands. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Yeah. But there is like levels and levels and levels and layers and layers and some other teams will never understand some of the layers for example that johan that Nautil has there's some weird dynamics that he understood that you guys play with the specters and the ios that are like just textbook like kind of reading code i know this will do this and this will suddenly create a an exponential increase in damage instead of like a linear increase in damage like there is some really nerdy shit in this game uh -huh. Uh, Dota, Dota is very fun like this, like you start playing a lot with, like you go through the thousands of hours, like you get to hour 5,000 and now you probably, you know the, you know the meme with the graph of like the Jedi, you start out as like a pleb, then you go through this thing and then you eventually like you, you go back down, I don't you know, know what I'm talking about, <laughs> let me just find it because it explains it perfectly. Um, it's like at first you don't know anything, then you know something, then you realize that you actually don't know anything, you know? Yeah, and the more you know, the, the more you find out that you actually don't know, <laughs> like your whole... <laughs> Dota, Dota has this curve okay. where in the beginning you're you're yeah you're very bad like you have not, no knowledge you have nothing whatever but then you start like catching the simplicities of the game like pushing waves getting strong using your hero when you're strong then you get to a point where you spend a few thousand hours and now you're like okay this item okay I need this okay if I get this at this hour or if I, at this minute I, uh, you start overthinking so much that you handicap yourself like completely and you have no way of like um playing the hero like you're overthinking things so much that you can't you can barely move you can barely make a move you're not you're not like your hands are tied almost and then once you get over that hump or once you let yourself go again and like go back to letting your mind just work simply then yeah you, you so dota for us a lot of the time is we explain it through punches instead of like broken down theory or interaction between heroes and towers sure we've done that sometimes and we, we do that also sometimes just to remind ourselves but when we do try to invent strats or when we do try to get like on top of the meta or break something that other people are doing we don't necessarily break the game down very much we talk about punches we talk about speed we talk about other things that are not so technical and i think that's because like i think that's what we do with many things like once you understood all the technicalities the best way to explain it again is like metaphors or other ways or even simpler ways, you know? Like, I'm going to punch him right now because I'm stronger. That's simple. How do I want to punch him? That makes sense. Look at the musical director in front of an orchestra. He's not, he's exactly. not saying G minor, flat, uh, staccato. He doesn't need to say that. Everyone's an expert already. He just waves his magic wand and everyone knows the intent. Right. Yeah. 
No, but I it's I think I see I see this meme as a best description for for this. Like when I sent it to Seb too, he, he found it so funny and so true. I think everybody goes through this in like most of their journeys when they spend you know thousands of hours on something. They do hit a point of like extreme overthinking. I don't know if it was like this for you, but for, I've seen it so many times in Dota players, also myself. Like you start overthinking so many small picture things that you you don't see the big picture at all anymore and how simple it maybe could be, you know. Because this small thing is not perfect and you need it to be perfect. And not because you you lost. It was because of this small thing that wasn't perfect. It's like, uh, I've seen this so many times. Yeah. It's a very exciting journey, I have to say. So look, from, from my side, watching you, uh, you brought an incredible wave of positivity. Everybody is noticing it. And I think that you have been able to, like there's a lot of people that are not toxic, but that are in toxic streams. And you know, some of those times, uh, the algorithm even rewards you from being toxic and being loud because you want to make it to Reddit and you say something freaking outrageous and then you're there. So in a way, sometimes, unfortunately, social media rewards bad behavior and rewards being there. And when we started in the last few weeks, a lot of our chat has been saying, you should bring him. He's awesome. You know, and a lot of the comments have been, you should bring him. He's awesome. And I think that in a way you're like the counter wave, you know, they're like, okay. If the whole Dota world is full of toxic fucks, I'm going to be not that guy. And then you're going to find that a lot of people are going to gravitate to you because of that. Like, for example, I use Dota streams or Dota content when I go to bed or when I'm eating. I don't want toxicity. That's why I'm very limited of who I watch. And your stream has been, like you said, it's been very fun watching you discover things your way that I've discovered maybe 12 years ago when Dora came out. But the fun thing, and it's a compliment to you, is that your mind is so much advanced than mine, no, than mine and no, how you play. I'm slow. That on your discovery, for me, it was like, oh, tree can make trees. I like, look, Furion makes trees. That was it. That was the level of complexity. But for you, you're breaking it down in a much more sophisticated way. And you're like, you're so excited about some of the heroes. There is some heroes that you're going to play. I was like, oh my God, this hero is shit. And you're so excited. Oh, look, I am playing this hero. So it's been really fun. They're just so well made. Like there's so many fun, yeah, fun interactions. Like every hero feels kind of broken uh, and fun in their own way. I, I feel like it's super imaginative. Like it's just really very well designed. Uh, it makes it fun to discover what they do. Uh, exactly that. I think that's also the beauty of this game is they were never afraid to buff things. And they never really overnerfed the strong things about a hero, or at least everything that was strong about a hero. So you always have a reason to pick something, you know? It's true for most heroes most of the time. I mean, sometimes you have heroes that are really much weaker than the rest, and some that are obviously stronger than the rest. But every, everything has its own level of impact in something. You know, everything is imbalanced as something. Did you ever play the MOBA in Warcraft called AOM, I think? One of the first MOBAs ever made? No, I did not. I, I played a little bit of Dota 1. Uh... And I, I stopped playing because of uh, the most heinous betrayal. Oh no! Yeah. We, st we started it? getting into Dota one a bit in uh, in my first uh, pro team, and uh -huh. uh, we just played a bit for fun. And we played a couple of days in a row. And I had just started to kind of figure out some of the recipes. I remember playing the Mountain King that could do global thunder. Uh, Zeus. Yeah, yeah, Zeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and a bunch of others, and we had so much fun that my usual discipline of going to bed at the same time, we were all ready to, to let it go and play an all-nighter. Someone suggested it. I thought it was cool. 
just don't sleep lol so we were gonna stay up all night and play all night and by the time it was 10 a.m we were still playing normally we sleep at like i don't know 2 a.m or something and uh two of my teammates they were like just gonna take a small break uh refresh a little bit get a little bit of food <laughs> and by 11 a.m i was still sitting there waiting for them to come back <laughs> Oh no! Did you play? Did you play Dota still? Like alone? No, no. I was waiting for them for like an hour. Like they needed to take a short break, and I was ready to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at some point, I just stopped and I went to bed. And then next day, I was ah, like, okay, "Where okay. the fuck were you guys?" And they were like, mm. "Oh, the bed looked good and alluring. Just tried it out for a bit, and I fell asleep accidentally." Like both of them. And I'm thinking, "Where's your passion, dude? Like we said, we're gonna pull an all-nighter and stay up and play all night." So then I thought, ah, weak gamers. Weak gamers. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever played again after that. And I'm joking that it was a heinous betrayal. We were stupid to go for that long. You could just play again next day. But yeah, that's uh, that's how much I can be drawn into a fun game. When was the last time you did an all nighter? I, I can't remember the last time I did one. Uh, I 2003, remember. actually, probably. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. I mean, it's, I it's not that healthy to do with Warcraft. <laughs> World of Warcraft, I think, when the level 70 came out, you know, I was I was actually living in Denmark and from 60 to 70, I went there at midnight, bought the game in the store and just needed mm. sleep for like three days to get to level 70. Oh, wow. Three days? Yeah. Was, wow. I don't remember exactly how it was, but I might have like, taken two hours or three hours, but I was like the second person on the server to get level 70. Oh, it's worth and it. that was a grind. Yeah. And I was a rogue, which was not that easy to do before. But no, dude, have you ever grinded like any other game that it was not like an RTG or RTS, sorry, or a MOBA? Like anything else completely, either shooters or no. first person story? I've liked some shooters, but I'm I'm not that good at it. I, I love the, I mean, it's not that you don't have to think in them. There's a lot of thinking of movement as well. Like I liked Quake and, and, and Unreal Tournament, the one-on-one -on -one shooters. I, I think CS is uh, pretty all right as well, but yeah mostly mostly prefer uh strategy games the the, the best mm -hmm. i've ever grinded was like in, in in 2004 we got the chance to go to korea and compete with the koreans in their tv leagues this was wc3's third year and there was a very healthy esports base for starcraft one they were trying to make that go into wc3 and we had these tv leagues and we would just like keep playing until we dropped dead every night so we would sleep at 10 a.m., then the next day at, at 4 p.m., the next day at 8 p.m. We'd go all around because we were doing like 16, 18-hour practice days. And it was crazy, and I loved every second of it. And we got a lot better from that. That, that was a dumb, awesome, crazy That's big awesome. grind. Yeah. Johan loves games. I've never met anybody that plays and loves more games than him. He has a huge Steam list, and... Every single time I used to go back his room, it's like, what is this obscure, strange game that I've never seen? Let's see how many we have. I think I have, I have like 500 games. On Steam? Yeah. I mean, some of them might be the free ones, but yeah. We have a VR set up downstairs too. It was a pretty fun experience. I don't know if you tried. No. Uh, well, I had it I, on once. It's, index. it's sick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, man, I love, I love video games like you, I guess. I Also, when I was out of the cradle or when I was doing potty training, that's when... I had a Game Boy. Do, do you have any wow. siblings, Noto? I have two sisters, yeah. One older, one younger. Are they, are they mm -hmm. like, um, have you ever like competed against them in games when you were growing up? <laughs> a little bit in some games. 
there were some games that my sister was better than me at, both of them, I guess. It was kind of like a Pac-Man game. Um, but they had played many hours. I, I, I didn't find that game very fun, uh-huh. actually. Maybe because they were better and I was like demotivated. I don't <laughs> know. But uh, actually, badminton. Badminton with my younger sister, she gets really pissed when I went. Because she plays a lot, and I I haven't played in a while. But then last time we played, I still beat her. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a single child? Yeah, I, I'm the youngest of uh, four brothers. Oh shit! All yeah. all guys. Oh wow! Yeah. And they were uh, two of them play games a lot, and one not so much. And uh, they were always better than me because, uh, well, at first, you know, just because they're older, like a four year old against a six year old, a seven year old <laughs> against a a thirteen year old, you know. So, uh-huh. And then when the tipping point finally happened, that was brood war, because I'm finally old enough to like form sentences, like <laughs> like four, 14, 12, and to actually play a lot. You made it competitive. <laughs> I started playing like a lot more, a lot more. And then when I finally could beat my youngest older brother, which is two years older, I was like, yeah, this feeling is amazing. And I think I, yeah, I, I think I've always loved that. So well, uh, dude, I would say last thoughts for you for the podcast uh, and from Dota in general, or things that you want to tell from our community for them to get to know you a little bit more or like invite them to your to your stream. Well, Where should they find you? Any thoughts? Well, thanks thanks for having me, uh, Noto and Jeremiah. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, I just started on this uh, on this journey, but I could see myself playing this game for for a long time so after a to z i i'm gonna be playing more dota 2 i've got a bunch of ideas about my next content obviously some of that will be the classic model of getting better at some of the heroes you know like play i've only played heroes once five times the most if i enjoyed them a lot and my hero got banned that was next in the alphabet but uh i've got a bunch of cool ideas to do after definitely want to play more i think the response from the scene uh, from you guys and from uh, you know Dendi and Seb and just all the fans of the game has been so great. So it's been a lot of fun getting into it. And yeah, I can't wait to start watching TI and TrueSide coming out and yeah, just any pro games and older pro games and new ones coming up. Like I love watching, I love playing. It's been it's been great and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And you can follow me on twitch.tv slash grubby and youtube.com slash follow grubby. Awesome. Well, I, Johan didn't tell at the beginning, but he's been a very big fanboy of yours. Uh, we used to have your games all the time on our TV when we were living in Lisbon just together. When COVID started. Just his roommate. Just when, yeah, just when COVID started. All the time. I, we needed like, we, I mean, bro, we went through all the content on the internet, more or less, you know, we went through all kinds of shit. And then he was watching you and, and your games and you were playing at that time, like uh, fresh, fresh content, I guess. And that was the first time in almost a decade I had seen Warcraft 3 Melee. So I saw like my world open up to to a bunch of shit, like how I'd view that game, how how it would look like Melee games and um, how this was, a, how Warcraft 3 actually was as a strategy game, you know? I also watched a lot of Starcraft before that. Um, so yeah, you I watched a lot of uh, <laughs> grubby content on YouTube. Well, Thanks you... for making my COVID days easier. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> if you want to play Warcraft Three sometime, let me know. No pressure. Like I know I you think must I'm be busy. Too embarrassed. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> too embarrassed to show my Warcraft. I haven't I haven't played World of Warcraft Three custom game in like four years or five years. I think. No, I'm talking about melee, dude. One on one. No, I know, I know, I but I wouldn't even dare that. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't hold back. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Have you seen the guy that plays like PUBG with a flute? If I saw that. You, you saw that too. <laughs> you 
Zal het? Het is de beste clip. Ik ga het spelen op de fluit. Oh, dit is de beste clip ever. Dit is de clip. I'm gonna find it. Find it. Have you seen the clip? This is so funny. Oh my god, this is so next level. I've seen the you've seen Found the Dance it? Dance Revolutions playing Elden uh, Elden Ring? Growy? No, yeah. I've not seen that. What? You can do that? How could you do that? Yeah, they, they, they actually play like a full they, some people do full playthroughs of Elden Ring on a Dance Dance Revolution like dance pad like ah. um, uh, don't worry, I'm I'm doing really bad. My body hurts like crazy. <laughs> but this is like this is more next level. <laughs> he's aiming. Did somebody sent it? Yeah. Oh, you sent it. He's, he's yeah. aiming with uh, air blowing. <laughs> Dude, you know, you know, before before I ever did streaming, like when I was just competing and figuring figuring out what streaming is all about, like in 2011, I thought this this is what streaming is. Like, <laughs> Every stream oh, needs to be like that, playing on a on a flute. Holy fuck! That's so funny. That's so funny. I can't even begin to think about like doing that. Like you have to code it, then you have to learn, like which is left, which is right, like which tones are which. Oh my god! And there must be a tone for, like walking and and like everything. Oh my god! Yeah. Why? Well, I, I just love it. It's insane. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, uh, dude, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we would love to have you again. And yeah, dude, anything. Are you going to TI, by the way, or have you ever been like to a Dota event in person? I, I guess, but not not like exclusive Dota. Like, there's been Dota tournaments uh, at tournaments that I've I've played, but I didn't know what's going on, dude. It's it's in Singapore, right? This uh, this TI. The wife's from Singapore. Uh, I'd love any excuse Ooh. to to go there. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have any plans. If I get invited, I would definitely go. If I don't get invited, maybe I'll go. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch. By the time TI rolls around, I think I'm done with A to Z. So I'll know all the heroes a okay. little bit better. I'm gonna have some experience watching. Uh, and uh, yeah, who, who knows? Next year's TI, this year's, uh, I'll be watching for sure, no matter what. That's awesome. Right, Dude, the sun is coming out right now because it was at 5.30 when we did the podcast. <laughs> this is why my whole screen is already blowing up. Oh, yeah. But dude, we would love to see you if you go there. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. hang out in, in Singapore. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks, guys. It's been great talking to you. And uh, yeah, let me know if you ever want to play Warcraft 3 on stream or off stream. But definitely, eventually, I hope uh, I hope I get in a, a Dota 2 bracket where we could play together sometime. <laughs> it could take some time. And uh well we'll see. We'll see. It's been fun. We can do this again sometime too. Absolutely. Thank you so much everybody. Yeah, thank you.